The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm the host of this, shall we say, eight times a week party. We shall. We're recapping Thursday night football, and uh, we got the super friends here. But before we dive into this, I should point out, everyone who leaves a five-star review and a nice comment on Apple Podcasts, you're the best. We truly appreciate it. It's really nice of you. If you like this podcast and enjoy it, if you're new, if you're old, whatever, drop a review and just throw something out there. If you have a question you want us to answer, like who's the best chef, uh, who is who, whether I am more pained by Chargers losses or Sean takes more glee out of it, um, we'll answer that. Sean Wagner, of course, the uh, noted anti-Philip Rivers guy here, Ryan Wilson and John Breach also here. What's up? Fellas, I love Philip Rivers for the record. Yeah, I absolutely love him because he deflects from Jay Cutler, the biggest clown in NFL history. No, I love him because he's pure entertainment, and I don't care if he wins or loses. I just want the ball in his hands at the end of the game in a one-score game. Pure entertainment. He is like a professional wrestler, and like you can't believe a 38-year-old man would act the way he acts. Like when he had the touchdown at the uh, the next to last series to go ahead, and he did that little dance move off the side of the field. What was that? I don't know. My running theory is that he threw the game and he played so badly so that London wouldn't want the Chargers because there's no way. The Rivers family <laughs> and all 40 of them are moving to England. I have to get that look, out there now. Look, I got to be honest. It's been a bad week for NC State fans. We lost to Georgia <laughs> Tech at home in basketball in the home opener. Yeah. You were there, right? I was there. Georgia Tech. How'd the scoreboard look, though? Scoreboard was great. Huge. Been tweeting you know, about that. Tremendous. Um, everyone follows my tweets so much. Why don't you people do something with your lives? Um, Says the man who tweets 45 times an hour. Clemson is com- I have all of your tweets sent to my cell phone. <laughs> oh, yeah, actually, you know what? F you guys. Hey, if you listen to this podcast, do me a favor. Turn on alerts for my tweets. And don't even – I don't care what you do. Just hit like. Just put, when it pop up, hit like. There'll be a bunch of them, but just hit like. Let's, let's crank up these likes. Let's stick them in Breach's face, in Ryan's face, in Sean's face. See? Let's go. I would do that, except now you tweet about soccer, and that is usually my safe space. And now that you've invaded my safe space, I can't handle it anymore. I'm actually, I actually don't have a. I was lying when I told you I'm doing it for my brother. I don't have a brother. I'm doing it to ruin your safe space, Sean. I'm in a dark place right now. Okay, very dark. 
The Chargers just lost on Thursday night. I was sort of creeping back into the Chargers bandwagon. I was in on, I was back in. I thought they, were, they would win on Thursday against the Raiders. They lost 26 to 24. We will get to the details of that. Clemson's coming to town on Saturday. I can't even go to the game. 7.30 is the primetime game of the night on ABC because I'm going to my wife's 20th year high school reunion in Winston-Salem. Oh, no. I'm furious about it. I'm irate. I'm in a dark spot. So Who schedules a 20-year reunion like in the during the football season? That's like a Thanksgiving. You do it around holidays so that everybody can come to town. I even skipped my own 20-year reunion. Where I was awarded an alumni award, which I will go down and get if you want me to right now. Anyway, let's give the game. Um, I have a theory I want to put forth about Philip Rivers. Done cakes. He's done. He's looked like he he is washed. He looks like he's looked like duty this entire season. Eh, Their offensive line sucks. Fair enough, but their offensive line. I've said this for a few weeks now. Their offensive line has sucked for a while. The last time they drafted someone in the first round, uh, offensive line, I think it was Marcus McNeil in 2006. So they well, haven't made that. They lost Russell Okung in the first quarter. Okay. He sucked before when Russell Okung was healthy <laughs> this season. So, I mean, yes, fair enough. But, I mean, he lost to Duck Hodges, Breach. And you made excuses. We, no, you first, but you make excuses about losing, you know, those stupid plays he made, the interceptions and the fumbles. We saw a lot of that tonight. He should have been intercepted again by Eric Harris. He should have had three interceptions in addition to the game ending one by Carl Joseph, but that was called yeah. back. He did have three interceptions, Brian. Pay attention. He should have had four or five. Three well, interceptions. He should have had two because Excuse the me. second one, which was taken to the house, was they were flagged for hitting him low, and it was clearly a low hit, and they picked up the flag. Guess what? It was still throw. a bad throw. He released it before he got hit. It was I, I don't disagree with that, but it should have been a clear and obvious. It was no, a, no. He was, put, he was pushed into Phillip Rivers, and I, what I said was Eric Harris should have had There's three a interceptions. They flag guys do that all the time. Well, you can say what you want. He sucks. I mean, you can, you can, even if you take that back, he's a terrible football player. And you pointed this out. His contract is up and they need to play. He's B. not playing for the Chargers next year. That's fine. We all know he's, that. Not if they're in London or if they're in Carson, California. I don't know why you would bring him back because you're going to have to pay him a lot of money. The only place he can play, Chicago, Carolina, <laughs> Cincinnati. He's worse. Carolina he's makes- worse than Kyle Allen. Carolina makes total sense for Philip Rivers, first of all. For a geriatric that can't throw the you know ball. What? We're not spending this entire, the first 10 minutes of this podcast yelling about where Philip Rivers is playing next year. Okay. The offensive line is bad. The, the play calling was bad tonight. Philip Rivers was terrible. He made a bunch of terrible throws. He put the Chargers behind the eight ball early on in this game. I mean, nobody, nobody Why are you me. blaming the play calling? What was wrong with the play good. calling? The play calling was terrible. Not, they Bell left, was they running had like, three timeouts left, and they they were trying to chunk deep. But it was like it was like me drunk playing Madden. What are you seeing, doing out there? I think we're seeing an in person Branson meltdown. All you have to all you have to do. I was, have to agree. There was no reason they needed to be throwing deep on every single play. You they have Hunter five yard chunks. Ten minute he had ten it, yard chunks. Just, they had receivers running underneath. It's not like they told Rivers you have to throw the ball deep. Like he had Hunter Henry open a couple times yeah, underneath on that final he's, series. He's getting killed. Melvin not, Gordon ran for 108 yards. He had a really good game. Melvin Gordon looks great. The running game looked pretty good. Philip Rivers did not look good. And as John pointed out, the offensive line was terrible, but they've been terrible all year. That's not that's that's not like you can't be like, well, the offensive line's been bad the entire time. How can you find, like, of course, he, that's a problem. 
I think what Ryan's saying though is that the offensive line has been bad repeatedly, like not just this year, but in but years like past. Years. And he's yeah, been, and he's, but he's been able to overcome it before because he's been such a good player. And this is the first year we're seeing that he's not able to overcome it, and that's what's concerning. Let's that all would, pick Clemson to blame the loss on. That would be a delightful non-trolly way to explain what happened tonight, Sean. And, and by the way, I actually thought. Rivers might have actually been turning a corner um, because of the three games before this against the Titans, Bears, and, and Packers, three defenses that um, I would say are pretty good. Um, he only threw one interception, three touchdowns, um, 824 yards, pass rating over 100. And I actually thought, like, okay, maybe this is him turning the corner. Maybe it was just the normal, you know, Chargers blues in the first uh, part of the season. And then this happens against, by the way, a, a Raiders pass rush that I feel like not many people think is that good. Like, um, Colin Farrell had what two nut sacks tonight. He had one sack entering tonight. Um, so that's, what's really concerning about how bad the Chargers offensive yeah. line also. He had two nut sacks. Um, is it Max Crosby? Yeah. He had, he, Max he Crosby actually better. Yeah. He had a, he had a half a sack. Um, three hit him on the sacks. last play that interception. Look, Colin Farrell played his, Played his tail off. I don't. You know what? The thing about this Cleveland Farrell sacks is that Phillips just standing around in the pocket and had to wait because the the coverage may have been good downfield. I don't know. I didn't see it, but I thought Max Crosby played better. But either way, Philip Rivers was getting hit, and when he wasn't getting hit, he thought he was getting hit, and he would just throw those arm punts down there. Philip, had, <laughs> Phil, look, Phil had a terrible game, but I don't think it's like. I, to me, the, the story of tonight is not honestly like I don't think the story is like Phil Rivers is washed up and the, like it's the Raiders are kind of good. The Raiders defense played their tail off. They rushed the yeah. passer really well. They got after Phil Rivers. The offense played. I mean, look, Derek Carr got started crying after the game. Who's was, was better? Yeah, because he was so Rivers. shocked they won. That's why he was Did crying. Did you see hugging the, the Raiders fans? That was awesome. Just Who's better? Who's, yeah, I did. You tweeted us. I, I can't not see it. Who's better? <laughs> we were Derek waiting Carr? for you to fire up the podcast, and you were tweeting it. <laughs> so who's better, Brinson? Derek Carr or Phil Rivers right now? Philip Rivers is better. Derek Carr's a check down Charlie, but he played well. I agree with Brinson. I mean, you look at the major difference this year is that the, we've said this. We've had the book on Derek Carr for a while. If he's well protected, he is actually an above average quarterback because he can sit back there and check the ball down. He got um, hit more tonight, Sean, that he's got. Yeah, hit. but you look in the Raiders offense for most of this game was not very good. They got they got spotted a 10 nothing lead. They didn't do anything in the second quarter till the last drive. And if you look at Carr in the last drive when he was actually really good, led them to a game winning score. He was so well protected and he was just dumping the ball down on seven yard routes the entire time. Well, whose fault, is, played, it, whose fault is it they got it to a 10 point lead? Philip Rivers. Yeah, he played terrible, Ryan. We've I'm just saying, if, if they have the same situations, I would take Philip. Instead of saying he played terrible, can we give Eric Harris some credit for taking him to school? Ryan, what now? Ryan, you are single-handedly ruining this podcast by just trying to troll Philip Rivers. That's okay. So why don't you have a football discussion? Let's talk about this game. Derek Carr, <laughs> Josh Jacobs is really good. The Raiders' pass rush ran well. Brenton, you sound like someone who just got broke up with, and Ryan is like, talk about how hot she is and wants to hook up with her, and you're like, no. She's not hot at all. Just stop. No. Except it's the opposite. Ryan's calling her not hot, and, and Brinson's still in love with her. And be like, no, she is still hot. You don't understand. Philip Rivers was 0-7 on the Chargers' final drive. That, that's bad. <laughs> but they did get a first down. 17-31 for 207, two touchdowns, three picks. He had no protection. I, they, the, what, look, well, in the play calling – I don't want to blame Stane Stitchum, Shane Stitchum, for the play calling. If there were guys running over underneath and they were open and Phil missed them, then that's on Phil. 
I feel like he was pressing and throwing down the field too much. He tried to throw into, I mean, he was missing safeties. He played like crap. I'm not trying to excuse it. He played awful. The Chargers. Everything is, is the that Char- if the Chargers play a tight game on Thursday night, they blow the Raiders out. Yeah, but they didn't because they're the Chargers and they suck and they're losers and they never play a tight game and they always gag games like this. You know, it's funny. Go in and take care of business. Like you're super trolly most of the time, but when we actually start trolling you, I feel bad because you were so invested. In, in Philip Rivers in this instance that I, I take back everything I said about Philip Rivers. <laughs> he gave me my first overall pick. He's All super right. handsome, super uh, fertile. Beer I was gonna, I was gonna say, it's weird that he struggled tonight under no protection. He's usually really used to that. Oh gosh, there we go. 27 year old with a condom joke. I know. <laughs> Welcome to rock bottom. Uh, alright, where do they go from here, Brinson? They're toast, man. They're toast. It's over. Are you sure? No. <laughs> Fast forward two weeks. They might go on a playoff run here, guys. Uh, they, have the the they, have the Chiefs, they have the Chiefs in Mexico on Monday night. That's a it's a problem. This <laughs> it's a slight problem. Look, the Raiders are five and four. If the, the Chargers can do the Raiders a favor by going and beating the Chiefs. The Raiders the next time the Raiders when well, I guess the so the the Raiders so if the Chiefs somehow lose to the Titans, and I actually don't think that's off the table at all. Um I assume Sean would be like, well, I think possible. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he's playing. Savior is playing. Um, Chiefs play the Titans. Then they're at the char, at the Chargers in Mexico. Then they're on the bye. Then they play the Raiders in week 13. The Raiders, meanwhile, have 10 days before they have to worry about playing another football game, at which point in time they get the Bengals at home. So the Raiders are likely going to be six and four heading into the Chiefs matchup. If the Chiefs lose, the Raiders and the Chiefs, the Raiders and the uh, Chiefs could be tied going into that game. And this is a very significant win. If the Chargers had won this game, they would be heading to Mexico to play the Chiefs, and the winner would be in first place in the division. This was an enormous game, and the Chargers, on a huge stage, crapped their pants. I I, I agree with you about. I don't think. The Raiders are going to win the AFC West. Um, but they but, might, they have a shot at it. Sure. But they that game you're listing against the Chiefs is also in Arrowhead because they already lost to the Chiefs um, at home. But I'm not going to discount how important this win was because you look at the AFC wildcard picture. We've been talking about all the time how the Bills probably have that top wildcard spot locked up at 6-2. and two, But that I think you only need to get to nine wins probably to get that second wildcard spot. Nine, They're already nine, at five. Nine wins so let's get you in, yes. Let's look at their competition. I think we can eliminate the Browns at two and six, obviously. Um, nice beer opening. Not quite soft enough. Um, and then you have the Steelers at four and four. I would take the Raiders over the Steelers. And then you have the Colts at five and three. And I think that's the problematic team there. But they already, correct me if I'm wrong, they already beat them earlier this year. So they have the head to head tiebreaker over the you, Colts. You do know that they did beat them, right? Yes. Yeah, I'm just making sure my memory is not betraying me. So anyways, my point being is, even though we've been sitting here clowning on the Raiders for the last year, if we're picking playoff teams today, I would pick Oakland to get that final walkout spot. By the way, you're right. We have been making fun of them, and I, we should apologize to John Gruden and, to some extent, your buddy Derek Carr. They were coming. I, into this I game. would like you personally, Ryan, to apologize to me for I goading. Did. I said I felt sorry for you. No, I want you to. I want you to. No, no, no. I want you to apologize to me for goading me into taking the Raiders under six and a half wins, which is now a fat loser. I think okay. minus two hundred. So I need you to PayPal me $75, please. Well, just take the $5 Mr. Biscuit bet 
gamble that. Three dollars. How about that? I'll put it on black <laughs> eleven in Vegas. Deal. But uh, no, but we should apologize. I'll uh, I'll Venmo you that in a second. We should apologize to John Gruden and to lesser extent Derek Carr because coming into this game, according to Football Outsiders, that offense ranked fifth overall. So they're doing something right. I know Derek Carr's captain check down and on all that, but it's it's working on some level. And I'll say it again, like Cleveland Farrell is not having a great year. He had a good night, but they sort of nailed that draft. I mean, Josh Jacobs, Hunter Renfro, the white Antonio Brown, that's what I'm going to start calling him. He is really, really Yeah, and really he good. might file a lawsuit against you for slander. Well, we probably shouldn't call him the white Antonio Brown. Yeah, there are a lot of Antonio Browns. That's him. problematic. No, uh, John Abrams I, made a bunch of noise before he got hurt. Max uh, Crosby. Yeah. I do want to note that before the season, we did a hundred bold I predictions. Now that you just went knuckle deep in your nose. Yeah, what are you doing? Thank God, man, we're not that. You know, there's no proof. There's no proof of that. Just like there's no proof that John is currently shirtless underneath the sweatshirt. Um, I do want to point out that in our hundred bold predictions story, where we each took turns making predictions, Will Brinson, number forty-four, Raiders start the season zero and seven. It's a bold prediction. It's a bold prediction. And also a wrong one. Hey, uh, hey Sean, if you could, uh, Sean, if you could run through your first three predictions that you made in that piece. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. I believe they Kyler, all, all... Kyler Murray wins Offensive Rookie of the Year. Okay. That's not bold. Keep, Josh keep, Allen wins I Defensive can't believe that Rookie made it of the story. Year. That's not bold. Get me to the Bears and Packers part, pal. Tariq Cohen outproduces David Montgomery. That's bold. That's how is that? A that's not bold, and B you're already wrong. All right, fine. I, I got the terrible one. 49ers uh, uh, below 500. Oh, the 49ers stink. Let's see. You predict the 49ers. Uh, you know, I'm not going to do this. We're not going to do this. I'm not going to yell. This is this is turning to a bad podcast. I apologize. Why? David Johnson catches 100 passes. Uh, look, Ooh. Raiders have the Bengals and the Jets left. I actually may have messed that up. They have the Bengals and the Jets before they play the Chiefs. Right. Said the bye. Yeah, so they'll be seven and four. The Raiders will probably be seven and four. They will be in first place when they play. All right, can I weigh in real quick? Because maybe I was the only person that was impressed with the Raiders' offense in this game. They literally had two drives the entire time. End of the first half, end of the second half. So Derek Carr came up clutch. I'm going to give him a thousand percent credit for that. But it is mildly concerned. They did absolutely nothing. I mean, it really felt like this whole game, literally until there was one minute and seven seconds left, that the Chargers were going to win. Until Josh Jacobs scored that, or until that touchdown was scored, it felt like the Chargers had complete control of this game. They absolutely, I mean, their offense was going up and down the field in the first half. It, the whole flow of this game was just so out of whack. Uh, the Chargers just, didn't do anything in the second the half. Amazing, the amazing thing about Derek Carr is that, like, you, you know, like when you guys, do you guys, you guys look at like a box score and you do some quick math in your head and you're like, eh, probably roughly like this yards per attempt. And then you're like, I'm going to confirm it. You're like every time I look at Derek Carr's box score, I'm like, that's probably like five and a half yards per attempt. And it's always like seven yards per attempt. And the, he 21 of 31 for 218 yards, one touchdown. That's not a great day at the office. It didn't matter though, because 67% of his passes. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. I think he cannot throw down the field. I, I did want to say that, I, and I don't mean this as a terrible shot at Derek Carr or whatnot, uh, but the Raiders team is actually good enough that I'm dreaming of, like, what happens if they get an actual good quarterback in this offense? Because I do think Carr's playing fine, but if they got a just good quarterback, um, I mean, Where I are you think gonna find that guy? You're the draft expert. They've got picks. 
Cam Newton. Derek Carr is fifth in value per play. So look, it's not actually he's second in value per play. Sorry, behind only Patrick Mahomes. It ain't pretty to watch. And I'm not a Derek Carr defender, but we're crushing this guy, and he's he's running this offense. But I think, than, but but the other the side of that Wilson is that what quarterback? There are 25 quarterbacks in the NFL that could have done what Derek Carr did tonight. He didn't name one throw where you were just like, wow, but where he blew you away. He, no, he literally they, didn't do anything impressive. And so if you want to say yes, his, the plays he ran were valuable. When you're throwing it two yards downfield and your receivers and backs are getting these huge yards after catch, that doesn't mean you're valuable. That just means that John Gruden is designing offense that works in spite of his quarterback, which makes fine, John man. Gruden the genius in this situation. Sure, fair enough. Give the credit to John Gruden. But, I mean, Derek Carr's executing what he's told to be executed. That's like saying Matt Moore should go back to coaching high school football because he's doing exactly what Andy Reid told him to do. I don't know. I mean, we can crush Derek Carr for being terrible, but this year he's actually doing what Gruden wants him to do, and they're having some success. I, I do think I do I do think Ryan's correct there. Like Gruden has, like Derek Carr's. I mean, this is what like Rich Gannon wasn't winging yeah. the ball deep. I mean, this is what John Gruden's system is: is a short yardage. The the thing we didn't get before the season was how would this work once Antonio Brown was gone and your only wide receiver is Tyrell Williams who stretches the field. So instead it ends up being Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs and Jalen Richard. And it's, it's a mishmash. It shouldn't make sense. And somehow it's working. Trent Brown's been very good uh, yeah. on the offensive line. Like that, that run by Josh Jacobs to win the game. They stomped the Chargers defense. They cleared a giant. And they knew it was going to be a short yardage run. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, I mean, I think it all starts up front for the Raiders because um, okay. during the Ra- during Carr's MVP type of season, Leo. they had one of the league's best offensive lines. They entered the game second in pass protection by Football Outsiders metrics. I know Carr got sacked three times, but I thought Trent Brown stonewalled uh, Joey the Chargers yeah, the whole night. And again, on those two drives that Breach talked about, which was like the only two drives the Raiders did well, if you look at that, Carr was so well protected, and he was able to do um, what you just talked about, which was get the ball out quickly, seven-yard slants, and they're using Jalen Richard really well as a receiver, um, even though he's a running back. So I think that's what it starts with them, and that Trent Brown contract, we probably kind of mocked it, I would imagine, because um, it was the classic, you know, like the Nate Solder deal, you know, overpaying for, you know, this Patriots guy. It's worked out well. Yeah, and the, the Patriots need him really badly now because their left tackle yeah. sucks. Yeah. And, by, but, and look, <laughs> we owe one more apology, too. Ooh. Tom Cable. Oh, right. Didn't see yeah. didn't see that coming. Fair enough. Took I mean, him long Tom, enough. How about that? Can I say I that? Mean, Tom Cable's got the Raiders offensive line playing really well. It's unbelievable. Um, All right, good job, Tom. I don't I don't know what else to take from this. I mean, well, we we hate we hate on the Raiders. We have. I do think, and I said this when Gruden got hired. I really did hope it worked out for them because I think Gruden is one of the most entertaining coaches in the league. I mean, you were just talking about how he's going to the black hole after the game and like partying with them. And so I think the NFL is better with the Raiders being good and not being an embarrassment. And also, uh, look, as the Oakland resident and Breach can attest to this as someone who lived there for a while, I'm happy that Oakland fans are getting a good final season and not the like three and 13 year sacrificial lamb type of season that we thought the city was going to get. Yeah. I'm with that. Also worth pointing out is that we usually not us usually, but generally when coaches come back after long layoffs, they're terrible. Gruden has not been that. We took a little adjustment last year, but he's still a very good play caller. So hats off to you, buddy. What's the only, the only other example is probably like Dick Vermeil. Uh, Joe Gibbs came back and they were terrible. Like they got Mark Burnell traded all those picks for Clinton Portis, and 
they, they, I think they won the playoffs one year, but they were not a good football team. It was just a different era. He didn't like being a shotgun because he didn't think he didn't want the ball in the air. That type of conversation. So the Raiders needed 35 yards to score 10 points on the, in the, in the first quarter. That's the story. I mean, Rivers came out and threw two late a turn. Late a turn early. You can't go out there and throw those two picks. You can't. You can't do it. I'm with you. It's concerning because he does it a lot. It's a it, it is concerning, but I think I think it was the pick six. On one of the picks, Hunter Henry slipped. Yeah, so the second one. It was, it was the pick six. Yeah, it's a pick six. That that wasn't Rivers' fault. Yeah, you Hunter, know. So that's Henry slipped. Rivers got hit low. They threw a flag and picked it up. Right. And the guy took it to the house. I mean, what, what are you going to do? You know what it is? I think the you've been bashing the officials repeatedly, and I think the officials heard that. They know you love Phillip Rivers, and that's why they picked up the flag. So it's by, by the way, you mentioned, we mentioned the timeouts. What are you doing, Anthony Lynn? Saving the timeouts so there's 20 seconds left? Is Lynn, could he get fired at, yes. by the end of the year? Oh, yes, he can get fired. He's, what is the criteria for him to get fired? Do they have to, like, implode and go 6-10, and 10, or do they just have to miss the playoffs? I don't think imploding is going six and ten. There's I think they're right on schedule for that. <laughs> like, what do you mean imploding? They are currently imploded. Now, yeah, and imploded. here's the thing. They're four and six, and they literally could lose every single game the rest of the season. It, it wouldn't be that out of the realm of possibility. They play the Chiefs. They haven't the, played the Chiefs yet. They're they have six, two games Chiefs against yet. the Chiefs over the final six weeks. They still have to play the Raiders again. They play the Vikings. They play Jacksonville. And probably the easiest game is against the Broncos, but it's in Denver. And if the Chargers don't have anything to play for, they and could the, lose. Like, the Broncos defense is really good. They're, they're playing the, they play the Chiefs next Monday night. Then they're on their week 12 bye at Broncos, at Jaguars, Vikings, Raiders, at Chiefs. That's a, that's a tough road to hoe. Fortunately for them, the Sunday night game against the Vikings is Sunday night. Also, they need a quarterback. So, um, losing is not the worst outcome because you're going to be able to draft one. Are you saying the Sunday night thing because it'll be prime time for Kirby? That's you got it. Thank you. you Some of it. us are interested in the jokes, the podcast. Others are interested in trolling Philip Rivers. <laughs> He's not co- he, he Kirby. Himself. Hey, by Kirby. the way, Sean, we got to take a break. But before we do, Jay Cutler sucks. And Kirby six and thirteen in prime time. You ruined the joke, Breach. Let's take a break. <laughs> the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, sure. There's something on the rundown we're going to talk about. Oh yeah, right. Antonio Brown melted down. Um, hey, wait a second, quickly. If the Chargers lose out, you have to wear a bolo tie and a cowboy hat for the whole month of January. If the Chargers lose out, I'll 
No, actually, no. The Chargers could totally lose out. By the way, where's your Rivers doll? Did you already cut his head off? Because I don't see him behind you. He's always behind you. On for three weeks. They were undefeated after I threw it away. <laughs> and then uh, they lost tonight. Now you got to go find him in the bottom of the uh, chart. Brian, could you do me a favor? Yeah. Read this Antonio Brown tweet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's see what we got here. <laughs> Will Antonio Brown ever play in the NFL? Well, he was supposed to meet with the NFL, and then he went on a tweet storm. Um, you read the first one, I'll read the second one. <laughs> Imagine conforming to a system, giving it a hundred percent to see them treat me like this unfairly. Exclamation point. Making money off my sweat, blood. What's that? I don't know what that is. Leap. Oh, oh, I see. Blood period. <laughs> okay. F the NFL. I'll never play in that ish. Right? Yeah, that's what it is. Ish. They treat black people the worst. Exclamation point. Clear my name. And go F yourself, I would imagine is what it says there. That was sent at 11 a.m. November 7th because why not curse a bunch at 11 a.m. on a Thursday? Then at uh, 5 o'clock p.m., Antonio Brown follows up. I, you can read it again, but I'll, I'll try this one. Okay, yeah, you, can, you can be Drew Rosenhaus because that's who wrote this one. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. yeah. Like, and, wait, 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 wait. Let me, read, let me read what he wrote on Instagram. Uh because he, he didn't just put a tweet out on Instagram. He also uh, went – or he didn't just put a tweet out on Twitter. He also <laughs> ripped the NFL on Instagram and ripped fantasy football players. So, like, now we're involved, guys. So we have Ryan's tweet that he just read. And then the Instagram one is F the NFL. I'm going down another path. No more taking money off my blood and sweat. No more control of my name and body. Clear my name. I am done with it. So you fantasy Fs can let it go. Mm. What time was that? Do you F, know F, time? F, of course, means footballers. Football. <laughs> that, is, that was like three minutes after the tweet that Ryan read. So that, that was right. about noon uh, Thursday that he sent both those out. Probably so five, five hours later. Five hours later, someone shows up at Antonio's house and is like, Antonio, give me your phone right now. And tweets, I'm just very frustrated now with the false allegations and slander to my name. I love football and miss it. <laughs> I just want to play, and I'm very emotional about that. I'm determined to make my way back to the NFL ASAP. I mean, come on, man. Like, Bo you, clown. Either, look, uh, we don't want to talk about a um, any mental conditions that he may be dealing with, but keep your emotions off the Internet, bro. Yeah, Stop tweeting. Maybe you had a bad meeting with the NFL. Don't tweet about it. How about that? Just don't. But I think his meeting hasn't been hasn't happened yet, right? It was reported he was about to meet with the NFL, and then all of a no. sudden there was up this Twitter He's, tirade. He was meeting with them next Wednesday, but he went on the tirade after that report came out, and it was like, "Are you just trying to slam the door shut on your career? And how are you mad? You've been so Antonio Brown's been being investigated since mid September." The woman who filed the lawsuit against him, she got interviewed by the NFL on September 16th. So I at least could see why Antonio Brown's frustrated. The NFL has not interviewed him because it has been nearly two months. But then now they're going to interview you and you throw them under the bus and throw F-bombs? Like that doesn't make any sense under any circumstance. That, hey, also, also, here's an idea, buddy. Just stay with the Raiders. You would have been put on the commissioner's exempt list. And you'd be getting paid for not working. Like, if, like, you know what I mean? Like, he didn't have to get fired by the Raiders. 
By the way, um, Andrea Kramer tweeted this out during the football game. She said, Mike Mayock told me that by week one, Antonio Brown had missed so many practices that, quote, we weren't used to having him in the huddle. Everyone had grown into their roles. As talented as he was, we made uh, decision the decision that the building had to come first, end quote. So he wasn't even showing for practice. Um, by week one, though, when was he traded? Well, his feet were frostbitten, Ryan. What did you want? What did you want? But he was cut before the season. He must be talking about week one of the preseason. Right? No, he was cut right before week one. So he was saying oh, that gotcha. leading up to week one of the regular season, he had not been showing up for practices regularly. Right, okay. Which sort of, we sort of knew from Hard Knocks, with the, as you mentioned, the feet and there was some other – oh, the helmet issue. Good Lord, I forgot about that. The feet. Somebody make a Rex Ryan joke. All right, let's, uh, let's do some five-star questions. If you leave a five-star – Will Antonio Brown play this year? That's not a question, but no, he's not playing. I say yes. This year? Yeah. No. Okay. What do you you think? By the way, you can actually tell that Breach is not wearing a shirt. (laughs) That's my shirt. Literally, before we started recording, he unzipped it completely and flexed open his chest. Yeah, but you can tell by the way it's like laying that he's like, like he just clearly doesn't have a shirt on. Also, he looks like someone. Oh my just, goodness! Did you just do that? He looks like someone who's been drinking tequila for like. I, I would just like everyone to know I'm wearing a zip-up hoodie that is zipped up all the way. I'm not. This is not. Wasn't, it wasn't like that before we started. It's 11:30 at night where I am. This is basically my pajamas. I am not offending anyone. I am proud of what I'm wearing. So you got out of bed? Oh goodness! Stop oh, it! God. All right, we better read these questions before things get really take a wrong turn. <laughs> Did you hear that camera sound? Uh, all right, so let's go to these questions. Because these end up taking a longer time than we think. Oh, uh, this is a new one that Debo added at the last second. There it is. Thank you. Finally. How do you know? I can read the rundown like a person who is capable of reading. Oh, oh yeah, sorry. For Ryan. How do you deal with being the only adult in the show trying to keep these children in line? <laughs> Unzip your shirt again, Breach. Now, I will say, in terms of maturity, Sean and Breach are probably pretty close until Breach started taking his clothes off in maturity. And Brent's is dead last. There's no question about that. What? <laughs> if you had to rank the, the, the maturity of, of the participants on this podcast, how would you rank them, Brenton? Uh... One you, two me. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and actually, John and I have are similar thinking about a lot of things. Um, Sean, some things, the emo stuff, I can't get behind, and the sort of love for Arya and Star Wars, even though I'm a huge Star Wars summer. And actually, I've known Brinson the longest, and I get along with Brinson fine, but there's no disputing that he is very immature at times. That's why we get along, because you're right, mom, and I'm dad. Yeah, that's what you like to call me for some reason. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's not bad. There are worse, worse ways to spend your spend your time. So yeah, uh, um, this is from Andrew in Oregon. Sean, do you have something to say? I was gonna say that was you can tell Ryan's mature because that was very diplomatic of him. When you know deep down he really wants to unleash some sort of tirade at us. No, at, at you especially, Brinson. No, I don't think so. By the way, the the most mature person Ryan, here is Deep. Yeah, that, that is true. Devo's the most, Devo's by far the most mature. And the youngest. Yeah. Uh, no, Ryan, Ryan likes this podcast and he likes my immaturity because he gets to live vicariously through it. 
Yeah, I mean, we've been doing this pod, some version of this podcast since '08. Jesus. Right. You realize at some point, if Ryan was truly, utterly annoyed on like a base human level by me, he would have just <laughs> left. Yeah. Wait, was Brenton more mature or less mature eleven years ago? Way less. Way less. Way less. He's mature. Well, maybe he was like the Benjamin reverse yeah. Benjamin button of maturity. Yeah. I think ha- I don't know if it's having a kid or not, but he 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 has matured a lot in the last five years. It's, Robbie's five, right? Yeah, yes, yes. I am so oh, thankful I did not know Brinson in his twenties. Yeah, Brinson was much more of a handful back in the day. <laughs> I've, I've I've heard some stories though. So. Ryan only knew me in my thirties, my twenties. No, no, I knew you in your twenties. Yeah, 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 I guess so. That's right. I heard a funny story about Brinson from Matt Moore once that involved, I think, an injury of in drinking of sorts. But that was Matt when Matt Moore. Fell into a tree. No, it was not the story, but I mean, I have many drinking injuries. But... <laughs> yeah, he flew off a bird scooter in the middle of the day in Nashville. That was more I was sober thing. Uh, no, no, no. We uh, that was blogs, uh, blogs with balls. Oh man, remember that? Ah, oh, god, what a time! By uh, it was. In I New- do not. Re- I do not remember that because I was no, born. It was in New York, and um, Bullet sponsored the after party. Oh yeah, boy, this part sounds familiar. The bullet yeah. part sounds familiar. Yes, and so we all go to the bullet after party. My brother was there. My brother and I had rented a hotel room. We lived in New York. We we're both single. Oh my God, you're right. It wasn't you who got hurt. Now I feel bad for embarrassing Matt Moore. Yeah, Matt Moore. <laughs> Matt Moore literally ran into a tree, and like, like, yeah, yeah. Um, and but now, sorry, Matt Moore, if you're listening. But now, ironically, Sean, the only reason you have a job is because Matt Moore ran into that tree. Oh, yeah. I, don't, I, I don't follow. So Matt, me, Matt Moore, and Zach Harper put together this huge PowerPoint. I remember this part. For EK after the Blogs with Balls thing. And like Harper and Moore went to Chicago for Blogs with Balls 3 or whatever it was. Blogs with Balls, th- Blogs with Balls was this like, like blogger conference or whatever. For sports bloggers. That's why I had the balls part. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> not, not for men. Although it was predominantly men too. Yeah, right. But, uh, I mean, they're actually like pretty big sports media people. I mean, like now, you know, pretty big names. Anyway, uh, they hounded EK, finally convinced him to give them a shot at a job. We all put this PowerPoint together. Uh, EK gave a job to Harper and Moore for NBA and they referred me for NFL. So I referred Chip Patterson for college football, Matt Snyder for baseball. Both are still here working here. Said so we got to hire Wilson for NFL too. Wilson comes on board. And well, the Wilson story, I came a year later. You guys started in 2010. AOL fired everyone in 2011. And I wrote EK along. I'm, I could, probably must have gotten it from Brenton, his e- email. They weren't hiring football writers. I applied to be the, the golf writer. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You I started on boxing. Right. But what Sean doesn't know, Ryan, is that when they hired him, we, we were given an up or down vote. And we saw his profile and we're like, eh. This is so not true. Because uh, I wasn't even hired to cover. Like, yeah, screw it. Yeah, you know what? You know, go for it. Go this for is it. classic Princeton trying to take credit for my hire. So Andrew, Andrew is the only one who deserves credit at CBS. Andrew in Oregon asks, or says, by the way, have you guys seen the latest review? <laughs> what is this? Uh? This guy, oh boy. No, no, no. It's I can't. It's too long to read. It's. It's longer than like some stories you read on CBSSports.com. It's 850 words minimum. That's Is solid. Angry or happy? Eh, mixed. He basically bashes me. You should check it out. 
Actually, oh no, oh no, he's like, he's like, a normal question from Ryan Wilson would be like, "Hey Brady, what do you think about this?" And he's like, he's, "It's it's basically Ryan's burner." Anyway, Andrew from Oregon asks, "Sup guys, long time listener, you've answered my questions before. Grateful, no problem." Quick side note, I'm a Niners fan, born and raised. I don't have a bone to pick with you guys like everyone else, a.k.a. the people on YouTube. I mean, come on, we're Niners fans. Honestly, we are surprised just like everyone else. We're used to disappointment. What I will say is I enjoy everyone saying we will see who they are against this next team, and then we beat them. And the team we will be tested against keeps changing. Anyway, my question is, how do you think the 49ers will finish? And if they make the playoffs, is there someone they will lose to? And if not, who will they face in the Super Bowl? I think the way that Andrew's trying to frame this is very similar to um, the Chiefs in uh, 2017 with Alex Smith and the Panthers in 2015, an under-respected, high-quality team that people are laughing at. So, not I just do- want to say that I actually have been on the 49ers bandwagon in a while. And I know, I think, on, on the um, YouTube show, I did pick – the Seahawks to win the game. <laughs> but um, I've been impressed with the way they played. My only concern has been Jimmy G. That's it. In terms of how many games I think they're going to win, I'm looking at their schedule now. They're 8 0. I think they can go 12 and 4 very reasonably. I think they're going to go 14 and 2. Are you serious or are you just joking? I'm did dead you, serious. Ryan, okay. did, you just, did, you, did you just predict that the 49ers might go 4 and 4 down the <laughs> They're 8 and He's eight on and the bandwagon, folks. Ryan, they get to play the Falcons <laughs> the Niners, and the Cardinals. I, I think they might win four more games. I'm just telling you, folks. 500 teams. Four games. They're 8 and 0. If you go 12 and 4, I think if we told Andrew before the season, hey, the 49ers go 12 and 4, would you take it? I'm guessing he would take it. It's not before the season. It's right now. He's They're 8 and 0. How will this finish? You're literally feeding into his narrative that we keep hating on the 49ers for saying that. Sean, they play Seattle. They play the Packers. They play the Ravens. They play the Saints. They play the Rams. I think they'll finish 13 and 3. Yeah, but that Seahawks game, if the 49ers already have everything wrapped up, then the Seahawks. 49ers rest their starters. Seahawks win it. I think they split with the Seahawks. They have two games left against Seattle. I think they lose to the Saints in New Orleans, which keeps them from getting the number one seed, which keeps them from getting the Super Bowl. But you would agree that's a pretty tough schedule, right? Yeah, yeah. it's not easy. But right. also the Ravens and Packers in there. I said that. I, I do agree with Andrew's general point that we are moving the bar for the 49ers. We're like, well, they haven't played anybody. It's like, well, maybe the Panthers aren't that good. Well, maybe like the you know the Browns suck. We we keep moving the bar for them. Well, we're not moving the bar. They have the second easiest strength of schedule through ten weeks or that's through nine weeks. So like, that's, well, they, that's what it is. There's they, no moving the bar. It's true. It's a fact. They, would, they wouldn't know the like we didn't know before the season. The Bengals were trash. We knew they're trash. Well, right, but now that we do know that because we do have the benefit of hindsight, we are not. We're just sticking with what we've seen. I don't think that anybody's changing their opinion or anything. I think we all think the 49ers are good. We're just not convinced that they might win the Super Bowl because we haven't seen them. I mean, what would you say their best win was? The Panthers and the Rams. I'll tell you what the 49ers. Those are good wins. The 49ers remind me of a team like the, um, remember the Falcons in like 2011 or something like that when Rodgers went to Atlanta? Yeah. yeah. And, and just and, went Duke. Yeah. That's a problem with the 49ers. They're a very good team. Secondary is very good. The front seven is very good. I, I buy it to Kyle Shanahan. But if they have a bad defensive day in the playoffs and Jimmy G is off in the playoffs, they can get torched by a really good quarterback. Yeah, but only – let's see. 
I guess the Chiefs, the Patrick Mahomes, the Saints, and the Packers are maybe the only teams that can combat a crappy defense. The the, the Patriots can't right now. The Saints, I, I would on a neutral field, I would take the Saints over the 49ers. Yeah, of course. I, I'm with you on that. That's fine. I just mean there aren't very many teams that can uh, get how over. About, uh, how about uh, Johnny Breach's uh, Packers? 49ers. Yeah, I might lean towards the 49ers. Okay. I, I would in a regular season game, I would take the 49ers, but in a playoff game, I would probably lean Packers. See, that's, thing is that's, like, that's true because it's a whole different dynamic. Right. Like, well, that's the thing. The big Duke and the big the big question mark is Jimmy G. And I think I will say this: if they beat the the Seahawks on Monday night, whenever they play this week, I think we have to talk about them as a potential Super Bowl team. I think we already have to. <laughs> the only undefeated team left, Wilson. <laughs> no, but you got all right. Whatever. This is insane. You guys were you get you guys were having Super Bowl conversations about the C, about the uh, 49ers ten minutes ago. If this, I, I've been saying I want the 49ers Patriots to be in the Super Bowl. That's did, my ideal matchup. You want that, but you you felt good about the prospects of that happening. I feel pretty good about an eight and team and the Patriots meeting in the so Super Bowl. So you aren't the person that Andrew's talking to. All right, crapping all over the Ryan's place. Ryan's suggestion is that if the 49ers go to nine and zero, we should talk about them as a. <laughs> no one is talking about them as a Super Bowl team right now. Except for what? Right right now. Who's the Super Bowl? Who's your Super Bowl team out of the NFC if you had to pick one right this second? Saints. 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 Oh, oh. That's not a diss at the 49ers, though. You guys missed the joke. Could be Saints 49 NFC Championship game. So I was right. Thank you. No, you're not right. You're like, well, this 9 0 team might make it to the Super Bowl. Like, of course. Why did you say the Saints then? I like the Saints better because they have Breeze and Kamara and more upside on offense. All right. Two conversations out of both sides of your mouth. I got it. All right. Where do you stand, Breach? I stand that they're good. I, I think they're going to make the playoffs because they're 8-0. No 8-0 no no team is making the playoffs. That's I the think, worst comment than right. my comment, by Here we go. They're worse. I stand that they're good. I think they're going to get a top two seed, and they're going to end up in the NFC title game at worst. That was unnecessarily bold, and you don't believe it, but that's good. No, I absolutely believe it. If Russell beats them on – I'm going to tell you this. When Russell beats them on Monday night, this all comes cascading down. Because all the way, uh, I, I was going to say, our buddy Warren Sharp tweeted out that uh, the 49ers play a lot of the man uh, coverage. Russell struggles against man coverage this season. So – or it could be reverse, could be zone, whatever it is, whatever the, the defense is that they play. They, Russell they, play, they play zone. Russell's good against man because they're so Russell struggles against bad. zone. Like he has not been good against zone this year. That makes more sense. So I but mean, you that's also got Robert Sala, who's a former four, uh, former Seahawks defensive coordinator. So it's not a slam dunk. I mean, I I love Russell and what he's doing, but I don't know. I don't feel great about him going in there and winning that game. I love did it. Now, wait, right? didn't you just say you right. took you took the Seahawks? I did on the YouTube show, and then on my picks, I took the 49ers a few days later. Okay. I had a change of heart. I don't know, guys. I think the 49ers might make the playoffs. That's all I'm saying. It's unfortunate no one in this podcast or anyone who listens to this podcast can ever respect Riot again. Uh, Luke Bowler sure. asks, I have, uh, or he says, I have a two hour one way commute to work. My, My God, Luke, I- are you driving from Brenton's house to Wilson's house? He must love the Monday morning podcast then. I actually, uh, and this is, Devo's going to murder me for this, but I actually would kind of like a two hour <laughs> it depends if you're like stuck in traffic that uh, entire time, but right. if you can drive clear, that's not terrible. So my buddy Nathan has a commute from Raleigh to Rocky Mount, Ugh. and it's basically no, no. You get I don't know what that is. 
it's you get it on 64 and you're just you're just in the dark blitzing through like doing 70 the whole time drinking coffee listening to podcasts that sounds awesome i like long drives as long as there's not traffic yeah um anyway this podcast helps so much super friends are hilarious yeah we are i have a question for you guys what are your favorite albums my commute sucks i'd love to have some suggestions for music other than brand new love the show guys (laughs) canada go bills you added the brand new part right no, I read that. I was pretty sad when I read that oh. in the rundown. Excellent. Like how you ask me for album reviews and tell me I can't list brand new. What are you doing? Being honest and anyways, you guys go first since I gotta yeah, go through start, albums that are uh let's start with Ryan, I guess. I'm Are we going one per? Debo says one suggestion each to get out of here. On He's time. trying to get out of here. Alright, I'll give you my All right, top ten each. Let's go. This is what uh this is my one album. Listen to it Just... a billion times in college. Tribe Call Quest, Midnight Marauders. Can't go wrong. Loved it. Can't still listen to it occasionally. There you go. That's a great choice. Thank you. My favorite album, if I had to just listen to one album for the rest of my life because all the other ones got destroyed or Sean set them on fire just so he could listen to brand new, then... I would probably pick it's an oldie but a goodie. Oh, Sean's already laughing. I don't want to say it. I would go with Cracks Review, Hootie and the Blowfish. Oh, there you go. That's not bad. That's the worst. I had a bootleg uh, Hootie tape in 1991. My God. Um, I can't believe you just suggested Hootie and the Blowfish, Cracks Review. He went to a Britney Spears concert on his birthday and stood in the front row by himself. <laughs> Come on, man. You got to out him. <laughs> Talk about it before. Have some respect. Go ahead, Sean, because Br- Brenton's stewing over the 15 albums he loves so much. Well, no, I mean, well, the uh, answer, what do you think I'm doing? You can't do brand new. Look, the okay. answer the answer clearly is Stop Making Sense by Talking Heads. It's not the right. best musical album of all time. Except No Substitutes. It is live. It is a performance art. David Byrne is finest. It has highs. It has lows. Life during wartime, you literally want to run in the car while listening to it. But you also get like little funky stuff like Swamp. Of course, you have Psycho Killer at the start. You don't want to listen out of the way of the driveway, so that's not great. But uh, that's – I would say that is probably the greatest album of all time. So I would go with that one. All right, Sean. And this, so, Wait a second. Luke – We're going to do two rounds. Two rounds. Luke specifically said no brand new or you made that up? No, he said that. Yeah. Other than brand new. So Sean, you can't do brand new. Well, if I were to say brand new, I would say the devil and God are raging inside me because it is the greatest album of all time. However, my real answer, um, this was hard to narrow down, but I'll just say this because I'm seeing them perform it in a couple weeks on their 10 year anniversary of the album. Uh, mean everything to nothing by Manchester Orchestra, which is a band from Atlanta, kind of in the same brand new genre. Um, it's one of my favorite albums of all time though. Okay. Moving on. My second album. G Love Special Sauce, 1995's Coast to Coast Motel. <laughs> I love G Love. Love it, baby. Right? Yeah, those, like, those are two sort of chill albums you can drive to and uh, <laughs> be bop along if you want. Devo, Devo, please isolate sort of chill and be bop along for us. Yeah, do that. Uh, Breach, your second album. And you like both those albums, Brenton. How do you like that? I love G Love. Uh, you know. 
different time. I was going to say our buddies from Canada. He's from Canada. Yeah. So I just want to say that I'm a closet Alanis Morissette fan. She's from Canada. Do you have a second album? That's my album, Jagged Little Pill. Do you guys think Breach likes music? He absolutely does not. No, I think he I just, just listens to whatever's on the radio. He's like, he like Googled like, what is <laughs> 90s music? He's he's a pop music fan from best, as best yeah. I can tell. Who doesn't love pop music? But also, I can't say, a whole album is like 15, 16 songs. Usually only five of them are good. I don't need to spend all my time no, and money buying an I'm entire album. Um, I've pointed out repeatedly that the new Sturgill Simpson, Sound and Fury, is effing incredible. If you haven't heard it, you must listen to it. Um, I'm not gonna, I don't wanna put that, like it came out this year, like three months ago. So I wanna put it in the pantheon of great albums. Okay. Um, I have a couple, I have so many options here. I would say though that one album from Canada, maybe, I mean, I, this is a very popular artist, but it's one of the best albums of all time. Midnight Vultures by Beck. Oh, Beck, yeah. You can't go wrong with Beck. And fun and like dirt, like Beck. Doing what year does that come out? Did that come out? Sorry. Oh, God, like 2000 or 98 or 99. I don't know. It, it is an incredible album. He's, he's a Canadian? No, he's American. The guy who's, the guy who's wrote the review is Canadian. Oh, okay. Oh, right. I knew Luke was. I thought you meant Beck was. No, Beck is an amphorbia. Like he's, no one knows where Beck's from. He's yeah. probably an alien, honestly. Yeah, he might be. No, Beck's good. All right, Sean, what do you have? One more brand new suggestion from me. Wait, brand new? I can do brand new? No, Luke no. hates brand new. Dang it. Um, Luke actually okay. clearly followed your advice and tried brand new based on this podcast. I hated it. Like, this band sucks. <laughs> I will give two quick ones, my two favorite albums from this year. Um, the first one is Better Oblivion Community Center. Um, I believe it's self-titled. It is. See, Debo, can you put in a gunshot sound right here, please? You would probably like this album, actually. It's very, like, folky. Um, it's Connor Oberst, who is best known for Bright Eyes and Phoebe Bridgers. Um, who's, a very good, who's a very good solo artist. And then I'll get kind of poppy here on Breach's level. The new Lana Del Rey album, which came out, like, last month or a month or two ago, um, is very good. I won't say the name because there's an F-bomb in it, and I don't want Debo to have to go back and bleep it out. Sean doesn't play by the rules. He's, as we say, Rogue One. Sean is stealing. He's stealing my answer. I would also suggest if you like, um, can't buy a thrill by Steely Dan is incredible. Um, if you want to listen to Space Wrangler by Panic, unbelievable Southern rock album. I might go listen to that right now. Also, right. Science Fiction by Brand New. Jesus Christ. Name a different band. Get out of here. You can't. <laughs> All right. I guess that does it for us, fellas. Make sure and uh, watch us on YouTube, youtube.com slash CBS Sports. We'll have the exclusive on Sunday night for only on YouTube where we reveal uh, – we, we don't reveal. We look at five lines for the upcoming week. Of course, we'll have brand-new episodes. Brand-new episodes. Well done. Throughout the week. Uh, on the Apple Podcast feed, so check them out. Talk to you guys on Monday. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.